You're listening to The Happy Hour Effect, episode 19. If you deal with jerks at work, or ever wonder if you're a bad boss, this episode is for you. Hello, my Happy Hour Effect friends. Thank you for listening to the Happy Hour Effect podcast. I'm excited today to talk about a topic that I literally get questions about every single day. The topic is bad bosses. When I ask people why they're stressed out, usually it's job related. And in fact, there are a lot of surveys that have been done by really fancy government agencies and colleges and research facilities And 80 to 90% of people always say that it is a job or money-related reason that they experience stress in their lives. And at work, you know, we spend so much time there that the happiness that we have while we're at work really can be made or broken by our boss, right? I mean, if you – I've been in positions where I've had amazing bosses and I love going to work. I've had been in positions where I've had not-so-great bosses and I've hated going to work. And I guarantee you I've been a bad boss and I've been a great boss. So I think that it's really crucial that we take some time to talk about the bad boss solution because we have to take responsibility, whether you're a boss or whether you're an employee of a bad boss, because it's not just a one-way street. It's not just up to the boss to change or the company to make them change. And it's not just up to you to manage that boss more effectively or just deal with it. Before we dive into the show, though, and give you some really good tips on how to handle this bad boss situation, I want to just remind you to go over to happyhoureffect.com to get the show notes for this episode. This is episode 19, The Bad Boss Solution. Just click on podcast right at the top and all the episodes are listed right down there. Again, this is 19. And also to remind you that I'm a workplace culture and stress management expert, and I'm a speaker. I've spoken for Fortune 50 companies, startups, and everything in between about how to create a happy workplace, how to be less stressed, more productive, and to really help it impact the bottom line so that you love going to work every day. Because that's, we spent, like I said earlier, we spend so much time there. It's so important that you make your daily career, your tasks, your responsibilities, your commute, the time sitting at your desk, the time communicating with your coworkers, that you make that the best that you possibly can. And that's really what I specialize in. So reach out to me if you know anybody that is looking for a speaker on workplace culture or stress management. I'll give you a hundred bucks if someone you recommend hires me. Easy as that. All right, so let's jump into this. How do you deal with a bad boss? What if you're a bad boss? How do you know? Before I give you the tips on how to fix a bad boss or how to fix yourself if you are the bad boss, I want to give you some cues, clues to help you realize that, hmm, you might be a bad boss or a difficult person if there's a few things that fit under here. Because this isn't just about bad bosses. There are difficult people in the workforce that are our coworkers that may report to us that may be not even in our own department, but we have to interface with them sometimes, vendors, customers. There's difficult people all over, not just bad bosses that we have to interact with at work. So these are some flags that might tell you that you are either dealing with or you are a difficult person or a bad boss, okay? The first one, you might be a bad boss if when you look back at your conversations or your social media posts over the last week or month, 
They're really negative. They're really egotistical. They're really judgmental. They're really jerky. So think back really honestly about the conversations you've had over the last couple weeks. What have they been like? What's been the the flow of them? Have they resulted in solutions? Have they been positive? Have they been negative? Have you been raising your voice? Do you yell? Think about those conversations and then go back and look at your social media if you're active on social media and look at the kind of things that you're posting and putting out there. Are they happy, positive, empowering, make people feel good, make people feel better, put new thought processes out into the world to show you're a thought leader, or are they negative? Do they position you as someone that people might not like? So though that is the first clue that you might be a bad boss or a difficult person. Number two, you might be a bad boss if no one comes to your office or cube ever unless they absolutely have to. If no one's coming to hang out with you, to check in, to say hi, to see if you need anything, to offer up their help, to bounce ideas off of you, and you kind of feel like you're being avoided or you're kind of an island unto yourself, it might be because you're difficult. So think about that and how often people are coming to your office or coming to you with ideas for help, with solutions, and just wanting to bend your ear. It's a really good indication of of your effectiveness as a boss. Number three. You might be a bad boss if people race away from meetings when they're over. If you've called a meeting or you're part of a meeting and after the meeting's done, people speed out as fast as they can, it might be a clue that they don't want to hang out with you anymore. And it might not always be you. It might be someone else in that room. But if you notice that happening in every meeting that you attend, take a look at your behavior in that meeting. Are you difficult? Do you take up way more time than you need to? Are you throwing out just random devil's advocate stuff that doesn't really further the solution? Are you scheduling meetings to talk about meetings that are really wasting people's time? Are you being aggressive? Are you being a micromanager? Think about that. And if people are racing for meetings when they're over, it might mean that you're a little bit difficult. Okay, number four, you might be a bad boss if you send more emails than you receive. Now think about that. If you're in a management position and you're sending 100 emails a day, and you only receive 50, it means that you may be a little bit micromanagerial, or that people aren't wanting to engage with you very often, and so you're not getting as many emails as you are receiving. Make sense? So if you send more emails than you receive, you're either a micromanager, people may not be wanting to come to you as often as they should, and it might be a clue that you are difficult to deal with. (laughs) Okay? Number five. You might be a bad boss if your team rarely does things socially. And I might, you might be saying, well, that's my team. That doesn't have anything to do with me. Wrong. Your team and the energy levels that they have and the happiness that they have at work is a direct result of the culture that you're immersing them in. So if you are not encouraging your team to work together to, and when I say socially, that doesn't mean they have to be going to happy hour every week. But if they're not having lunch together, if you're not seeing them chatting in the hallways, if you're not seeing a connection between those people on your team, it may mean that you're not fostering that people connection, that teamwork, that workplace culture that embraces a happy work workforce. So if your team isn't doing much socially, it might mean that you have some changes that you should make in your managerial style as far as empowering those types of activities. Because when people are connected to other people, 
it brings out a higher level of creativity, happiness, health, all that good stuff. Number six, finally, the last one. There's a lot more, but I'm going to stop here or the show would be so long. You might be a bad boss if your performance on your team is down. That might mean customer service levels. It might be mean sales goals. It might be, mean some type of budgets are being missed. Depends on the industry or division that you're in. But if your performance is down, take a look at what is happening culturally within your workplace. Because a bad culture leads to bad work. If the place is stressful, if everybody's making bad decisions and eating unhealthfully, if people aren't feeling like their ideas are being heard, if people are in the wrong roles and their responsibilities don't fit their skills, that can lead to poor performance overall. So if your numbers are down, dig a little deeper, look at the elements of workplace culture that could be impacting that, and look and see if your managerial style or if the way that you're acting out as a boss or a coworker is impacting that. Okay, so those are just six really quick things that might indicate that you're a bad boss or a difficult person. I'll go through them really quickly, looking back at your conversations and social media posts to see if they're negative. Two, no one comes to your office. Three, people race for meetings when they're over. Four, you send more emails than you receive. Five, your team doesn't do things socially. And six, performance is down. So take a look at those things to determine if you might be a bad boss or a difficult person, all right? Now, I want to help you fix this, right? Whether you're an employee or you're a bad boss. Before I jump into those, I just want to mention, be sure that you sign up for the free e-course on stress, challenge, and change on the website. Just go to happyhoureffect.com, click on free e-course right at the top, and you can just sign up right there and you will automatically be emailed the lessons in that free e-course about how to get through stress and change more effectively. It's really easy, really short little quick lessons. It's either usually a short little video or a little article on how to manage change and stress, which I felt like was a timely tie-in to what we're talking about today, which is bad bosses. And bad bosses can drag us down. And if you're a bad boss, you might not know it. So the first part of the show, I just recapped six ways to know if you might be a bad boss. Now I want to give you some ways to fix it. And I mentioned at the beginning of the show that it is a two-way street. It's not just up to an employee to just deal with a bad boss. Because yeah, bad bosses, difficult people are inevitable, but it's not just your responsibility to just make it work. It's also not just the responsibility of the bad boss to change their behavior or the company to help that boss change their behavior. It's a two-way street, really a three-way street when you consider it needs to come from leadership to the boss to the employee, and you really all have to work together to make difficult situations more effective, right? So I'm going to focus on the two-way street, the employee and the boss, and how you can each focus your own behaviors and activities to make a difficult work situation better. The bad boss solution, okay? So first I'm going to give you the five ways that if you're an employee dealing with a difficult boss or difficult people at work, five ways that you can deal with that, okay? The first is to rise above. Don't let yourself get sucked into the drama because if you fuel that fire, it's only going to get worse. You're going to have other people looped into the mess. You're going to be bad-mouthing someone and it's going to get back to the boss that you were bad-mouthing them. So instead of bad-mouthing, rise above it, keep your head down while you figure out what the solution needs to be. Number two ties directly to that, and that is while you're figuring out what the solution needs to be, find allies. 
whether that's someone in HR, whether it's a coworker, whether it's someone in a different department, maybe even it's a superior, someone above you in a different department to help you up manage that boss and figure out how to deal with it, someone that you trust or a mentor. So number two is to seek allies as you try to find a solution to how to deal with this difficult boss because the situation is going to be different for everybody depending on what the boss's issues are. Number three, be empathetic. Everyone is dealing with crud in their lives and stress and stuff that's happening to them in their personal lives. They're trying to juggle with their professional lives, right? The ever-elusive work-life balance that is such a myth. So be empathetic and understand that, you know, someone may be acting out, acting like a jerk, maybe not necessarily being themselves if they've got something massive going on in their personal lives. A lot of people don't bring that stuff to work. They keep their personal lives separate. So you have to be understanding and know that maybe someone's going through a divorce. Maybe someone has a health problem. I had a, a coworker once whose significant other committed suicide and nobody knew that it had happened for about six months. So you just... You don't know what people are struggling with personally. So be sure that you really take a a good look at what's happening and investigate as to whether that they could be difficult because of something going on in that way. Number four, offer ideas and solutions. The more you can be helpful, the more that you can be that person that that boss can trust and turn to and know that you're always going to be there with a great idea and some great support, the more you can really see the true colors of that boss. Because if you're being the best employee that you can be and that boss is still difficult, then you know the challenge isn't you. You know that it's a bigger issue that needs to be dealt with at the boss level, not in your own own way that you're engaging with your job. Number five, when work really gets stressful, like it always inevitably does, even when you love your job. You know, I own my own business. I love what I do as a speaker and an author. But I get stressed out sometimes too. And when that happens, when you're having those really difficult times, when you dread getting out of bed in the morning, you dread pulling up your computer, you dread driving to the office, those are the times you have to do really amazing, fun, super cool stuff in your personal life. That will help to shift the energy balance so that not everything feels negative. Because how many times when you're stressed at work, do you bring that home with you? You get home at night and you're crabby all night to your family, to your friends, and you kind of just ruined your whole night and everyone around you, right? So you have to be sure that when work really stinks, that you're creating amazing, fun, happy experiences in your personal life to balance that out. Not work-life balance, but stress and energy balance, okay? So do fun stuff outside of work. So those are the five things for employees. And again, there are tons more. I could, this show could be like five hours long. I could talk forever on this subject because that's what I'm an expert in. But I'm going to give you these again quick. How can you as an employee deal more effectively with bad bosses and difficult people? One, rise above. Don't, don't complain. Number two, seek allies to find solutions. Number three, be empathetic to people's personal lives and their private lives. Number four, offer ideas and solutions. And number five, do fun stuff outside of work to balance it out, okay? Now, I want to give you, as the last section of the show here, five ways. If you are a bad boss or a difficult person and you've said, hmm, I might have challenges in the supervisor leadership department, here are some ways that you can try to shift the perceptions that your employees may have of you. And if you're still wondering if you're a bad boss, you probably are. 
<laughs> because it's if you're wondering, you know, you always say, well, who's the odd guy out in the room? Who's the, you know, who's the weird one? And you don't see anyone else around, then it's probably you. It's that old saying. In this case, if you're wondering, like, hmm, I wonder if I'm a bad boss, you probably are. And that sounds really kind of crass, but most good bosses know that they're a good boss. They see their teams developing. They see happy pe- employees getting promotions and developing their careers. They see their teams just performing at their very best. They see numbers that are great. They see customer service levels that are just through the roof. And when you're an awesome, amazing boss, most of the time you know it. If you're a bad boss, we often pretend it's not the truth, but it's often reality. So here are five ways, if you're that bad boss or that difficult person, how you can try to shift those perceptions and slowly start taking steps to gain your employees' trust back and people's trust back around the office. Number one is to really learn how to empower your employees to do what they do best. They were hired for a reason. So how can you trust them to do the tasks and responsibilities that they were hired to do without being a micromanager, without flying off the handle, without being a jerk, without laying on so many expectations that they can't get their job done in 40 or 50 hours a week? Hopefully not 50, but that's kind of reality in today's corporate world. So really learn how to empower people and make them feel good about their jobs and what they're doing so that they do the best job they can at that job. Number two, learn to embrace flexibility. Not everyone operates the same way or at the same time or in the same environment or with the same set of tools and training. You have to understand that every single person has special unique needs. And just because your leadership style is a certain way doesn't mean everyone on your team relates to that style. You know, me, I am not a phone caller. I'm an email, text, even traditional mail I still like. I'm not a phone caller. I once had a boss who, it was just phone calls all the time, and I was just like, oh, go, another phone call. I just couldn't handle it because I felt like it was such a time suck. So really, really, really learn to embrace flexibility and honor that also in your team so that they are able to work how they work best, where they work best, when they work best, and let them know that it's okay to not fit the cookie cutter mold because there's no one size fits all for work happiness. You have to give people a little bit of leeway. So embrace that and honor it. Even if you can't say, okay, work from home every day, it is still a nine to five environment. At least say, okay, you don't have to be sitting at your desk from nine to five. Go sit outside, go to the cafeteria, go do where, go work wherever it is that you work best. Honor flexibility. Number three is to honor both the professional needs of your team, but also their personal needs. Because when they work together, when people can have that work-life harmony, not balance, remember, curse word in my book, balance, work-life harmony, when people can feel like they're doing a great job at work and their personal goals are being met and they're feeling like everything's being honored, magic happens. That is when we're at our best. That is when we're performing wonderfully. That's when we're feeling creative. That's when we're connecting with others. It's the true epitome of the happy hour effect. When you're sitting at happy hour and you let all the cares of the day go and the stresses and you're connecting with others and you're creative and you're relaxed and you're really thinking big about ideas, 
that's what happens when people's personal and professional goals are being honored. So as a boss, acknowledge that people have things that they want to accomplish outside the office and encourage it. Talk about it. Ask them about it. Ask how you can help them reach those goals more effectively. Because if the team members feel like their personal goals are being honored, they're going to give you a whole heck of a lot more at the office if they know that you're there to support them 100%. All right, number four, be approachable. Whenever someone comes into your office, do you fly off the handle? Are you short-tempered? Do you roll your eyes? Do you have short patience or low tolerance? If you're approachable and people feel like they can come to you without being reprimanded, without being yelled at, without being looked down upon, without being judged, you're going to be a, a much better boss for it and your team's going to be a much better team for it. So be approachable. Number five, foster connections. Remember earlier I said you might be a bad boss if your team rarely does things socially. And again, it doesn't mean you have to go to happy hour every day. What it means is that you are creating an environment where your team connects. It doesn't mean they have to know everybody else's kids' names and how old they are on their birthdays. It just means that people feel connected. They feel comfortable going to their office mate's desk and talking to them about things. It means they feel comfortable working on a project together. It means they trust each other to get the job done, to have each other's backs, that they can smile and laugh and enjoy their time at work because we spend so many hours of our week in the workplace, at our jobs, that if those hours aren't fun, if they're not enjoyable, if they aren't empowering, if they aren't there to make our lives better, it's going to drag the rest of our lives down with it. So those are the five things, if you're a boss, how you can flip from maybe being a bad or difficult boss or a difficult person to being seen in a more positive light. I'll go through them really quickly. Be empowering. Foster flexibility. Honor personal and professional goals. Be approachable. And foster those connections within your team. So that is the show today, The Bad Boss Solution. Let me know. I want to hear from you. Send me an email, Kristen at happyhoureffect.com. Let me know what you do when you have a bad boss or a difficult person in your life. We've all had them. We've all probably been them. What do you do? What do you do when you're dealing with that? And what kind of solutions have you used that have worked in your workplace? I want to hear them, share them. I might share them on social media or on the air. And again, if you want the show notes from this episode, just go to happyhoureffect.com podcasts. And this is episode 19. If you know someone who needs a speaker, I am a workplace culture and stress management expert, and I've spoken for Cargill, Regis, Target, Walmart, Sam's Club, um, Disney, Boston Scientific, Mayo Health, the list goes on and on. And I have a lot of experience both as a corporate leader for 15 years prior to starting Happy Hour Effect. So I get the corporate world and how we need to work together, both as employees and employers, to find the right work solution for us all to be happy, to be healthy, to be productive, and to really grow that bottom line. And most importantly, just to get out of bed and love going to work every day because we spend so much time there. We need to love those hours we're in the office. And if you want a little shot of inspiration every Monday morning, go to the website and just sign up to join the community. You'll get a Monday motivation email every week with a great little short excerpt with some tips to help you start your week in a positive way. And please share those those email newsletters and in social media. I want to help as many people as I can be less stressed, be happier at work, be healthier, and make better choices about how they're going to spend their hours in the workplace. So I'm Kristen Brown. This is The Happy Hour Effect. I look forward to seeing you soon.